It's the Opix Podcast, baby. Glad you tuned in. Got your host, thank me later, and you're stupid to win. Might become an obsession as soon as you begin. Start out king of the street, then lock it iconic in. Welcome to Offland. Grab your Opix, man. On your way in the door, hit you with four grand. Get to buying and gripping, then to selling and flipping. Over to moving and shocking. I'm Scrooge McDuckin'. And welcome to the UPX podcast, everybody. My name is T. Davis. I'm joined with BDAG this evening. We're doing another live broadcast. So we have our audience members here listening and watching live. How are you doing today, BDAG? Yeah, I'm excited. It's kind of fun. This is our second live show, and the first one was pretty cool. Yeah, it sure was, man. It was it, not only the show, the, the after show and... I don't know what we talked for like two hours after it, something crazy like that. Yeah. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So what do we got going on in uh, Upland this week? I think a lot, man, between the last episode and this one, it seems like there's just a lot more news and stuff to talk about than there has been in previous. Yeah, for sure. Uh, things are growing in Upland and at a positive rate. I think they finally got their footing and, uh, we're getting some good good strides. Yeah, they sure uh, are. Not just not just damage control anymore, but able to get caught up on some stuff and also churn out some new content. So we're going to discuss that a little bit. Yes, and not to mention we had some uh, some community sponsored contests and giveaways this last week. Um, there was a lot. How many? Maybe six, seven, eight, something like that. At least eight. Yeah, that were led by all community members, including you and I. And yep, we have those results. I know that I did post them in the community channel, but I'd like to go ahead and read through these again just to give a shout out to all our winners. So first and foremost, yeah, sure. it's uh, Larch, Marble Larch. So uh, Larch and I... Uh, we we met on Discord um, a while back, and he had come into the to the Discord with a um, it, so they're called marble cards. And if you go to marble cards, you'll you'll see that it's an NFT project. And what it is is uh, a, a NFT that's made out of a URL hyperlink. And only the first person to ever make that NFT can have it. So they're all one of ones. And he came in with the uh, Google App Store Upland marble card. And he was raffling it to get himself to Uplander, which was just absolutely brilliant. And that's what struck up the conversation. Uh, I think that we even mentioned him on this podcast at one yeah, point, we did. right? Yeah, yeah, and um, and so yeah, this is this is just awesome that it's coming full circle like this. He's being mentioned again. He's the winner of the uh, the Upland Old Town Gem Ultra Rare property, um, valued. I don't know where do we put the value at? At least a million Upix, right? Yeah, probably for resale purposes. Yeah, yeah. So. Shout out to Marble Large. Uh, second place was Landman Six. Third, Matit. Uh, fourth was Sensai Bullrog. Fifth was Flow09. Uh, sixth was Bear Hunter. Seventh, Wiggle Genie. Eight was Grim Trinity. Nine was uh, Liquid Emoji, who I believe we have in uh, our audience this evening. <laughs> so yeah. shout out to Liquid Emoji. On winning that uh, that Metaforce yeah. pack, <laughs> and uh, last but not least, uh, number ten was uh, Neckbreaker. So a great handle, yeah, I think. <laughs> so awesome, man! I know that um, Upland Knights also did more than just the uh, the ultra rare. Also, so yeah, yeah. Um, shout out to them for really going above and beyond on on the community giveaway. So what do we have to talk about? What's lead what are we what's our main story tonight? I took lead on naming this episode uh let Chicago. Yeah. 
Oh, that's yeah. what that says. So this is funny. I saw yeah, that. It's I'm had like, nothing to do with your fiance. <laughs> that's how it's I read Chica it. Go. I was it's like, not like Pokemon Go, Chica Go. It's yeah. Chica Go. Like, what does what's Chica Go mean? You just oh know man. Be dropping though. Yeah, I'm embarrassed that I thought that. All right. So they announced that both uh, Chicago and Cleveland will be opening. Um, there are, so what do you know about the Hyperloop? Did you do any, any research into that? What can you tell me about the Hyperloop? I don't know anything about the Hyperloop other than what I saw people typing in the general chat here and there, um, more mocking it than anything. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know how that's going to go over when it actually comes in the game. Um, but yeah, it's like a, uh, like the TGV, um, the magnet, mag, Levo magnet, magnet, Levo, whatever train in France. Right. Yeah. I know that it is from what I read. I don't know anything about it either. Um, other than it's supposed to be really fast transportation. Um, that some new technology that eliminates friction and something else. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you can get between the two cities. So I remember we were, having some conversation with, with Idan and he had mentioned that there were two U S cities that they were going to roll out and for a a unique reason. And now looking, looking back at that comment, I don't think he was talking about Bakersfield and Staten Island. I'm fairly certain. Uh, Yeah. You think (laughs) hindsight and all that? Yeah. So it looks like Chicago and Cleveland were the two cities that were being rolled out for a unique reason. So what can you tell me about Chicago, BDAG? Have you ever been? In, in Chicago, Chicago makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's I think it's a great city to throw in game. Cleveland makes no sense at all. But with the, with the Hyperloop coming in, it sort of gets drug along with Chicago. And my understanding the way I read it is that a third party approached them about sponsoring something or other regarding the Hyperloop. And so that's why Cleveland came in. Is that right? Right. That's what I, I believe I read in the Medium article. And right. that's fantastic that they're bringing in, um, you know, third party sponsorships. Yeah. Like that's really where cool. we want to go with this by far. Right. It's a big step. Right. For Upland. So where are we here? Um, yeah, you want to talk about Chicago in general, or should we should we talk about the the next contest coming up? Um, well, Chicago, and then and then we'll go to the contest. How's that? Yeah, yeah. So move this on the agenda. Yeah, so sounds good. So I know okay. that I've been to Chicago. I I've been through. You know it. that? What's that? Because I didn't know that. You didn't know that. You know that you've been to Chicago? Yeah, it was a long time ago. And here's what else I know. I know that since. I would say between when I started August and probably around December or January, I know that yeah. Chicago was the most favored city out of all of the U.S. cities. And I know this from listening to this podcast, um, you know, before I was on it with, with TML and Too Stupid to Win. And then, right. you know, as I progressed through it, I distinctly remember hearing Chicago as the number one city as far as listeners. So this isn't, you know, user data, but you could kind of put them hand in hand, right? If you're listening to the, you know, the Upix podcast, you're probably playing Upland. And Chicago would consistently be the top city in the U.S. So I have a feeling that we're going to have some very excited players in our community when they get a chance to buy properties that they are very familiar with and perhaps even own in real life, because I don't know if anybody has gotten the opportunity to, to do that. I know we have wall street in our uh, audience tonight, and I believe he purchased his former place his, his former apartment or his suite or something. I remember him telling me, yeah, he said, yes. But I don't know if anybody's ever purchased in Upland the place that they are currently residing in, which would be pretty awesome. Yeah, that would be cool. Chicago makes a whole lot of sense. It's a pretty well-known city. 
internationally, I would guess, uh, more than a lot of other choices. Maybe Las Vegas would be, Las Vegas and LA, Los Angeles would be two other cities that were more internationally known. Uh, but I think Chicago makes a, a reasonable choice. Now we get off of the coasts and we're, we're in the Midwest. So that's cool. Uh, the nice thing about Chicago is it's got so many properties as well. Houston, I think, has the most properties of any U.S. city I've found so far. But right. Chicago is a really good choice, too. Uh, should we go right into the facts here? Yeah, let's do it. I see that you posed a question for me. So while you're talking, I'm going to go <laughs> pull up that okay, question yeah. for you. That was more snark than anything. <laughs> go for it. Uh, okay, so San Francisco covers 49 square miles. Manhattan covers 23 square miles. Chicago covers 231 square miles, which is just huge compared to those other two. Right. That's, that's obviously 10 times larger than Manhattan. So wow. navigating, yeah, consider that. Navigating and doing treasure hunts uh, may be a bit more difficult in Chicago because you're going to get going to have a lot farther to travel i didn't even look at this uh but fresno i know is difficult to treasure hunt because of how big it is okay fresno is 116 square miles and so chicago's twice that holy cow yeah so and not only that fresno is roughly square uh, San Francisco is roughly square. Manhattan is actually a lot of fun to treasure hunt in because it's linear. It's right. Kind of mm -hmm. And if you get an arrow, most likely it's going to be up or down. If you get a sideways arrow, you're pretty close. Chicago is kind of a hybrid of that. It's, it's kind of stretched out like Manhattan, but it's got bits that, that go off to the side as well. It's certainly not a perfect shape by any means. So it could make treasure hunting a lot of fun someday when they bring treasure hunting to Chicago and they may have to introduce uh, even another class of arrow for even further out, way, right. way out, yeah. way out. All right, uh, let's see what else. San Francisco has 150,000 properties in game. According to LandGrid, there are 224,000, though, so a full third of San Francisco properties somehow did not make it in-game, and I don't know I don't know what all is included in that, that so many were missed. Manhattan, uh, IRL, has 43,000, but there are 40,000 in-game, so that's a pretty good percentage. Sure, and yeah. <laughs> Mountain Doomy 69 just posts. Yeah, it'll be an arrow that says, dude, just too far, too far, just give up. <laughs> Which is pretty much case by the time you get there, it'll be found. Um, so anywhere between like 67 and 95% of properties from real life seem to be making it into the game. Chicago has 605,000 properties in real life. And so I'm expecting we're going to get somewhere between 400 to 550,000 properties in game, which is going to be awesome because how quickly did Staten Island mint out? How quickly did Oakland mint out and how quickly did Brooklyn mint out? They Brooklyn was gone uh, within a day. Any, any time they released property, right. they were all yeah. gone within a day and Oakland was within hours and Staten Island was within hours. So it'll be nice to have a large city with uh, lots of properties all over the place. Take a while to mint that out. Not only that. But they'll be but expensive as all. Well. They'll be expensive. We're talking top tier city here. And I saw somebody ask that in the chat. Yes, this obviously will be a top tier city. We could always speculate on our mid tier and low tier cities after that. But the, uh, Gary, Indiana, how's that for a low-tier city? <laughs> I've heard Gary, Indiana is the butt of a lot of jokes. Um, but, you know, if they release Gary, Indiana, they could always do a collection about, like, what was that, a, a Rodgers and Hammerstein collection? Sure. that would make a lot of sense. The Jackson 5 also, I think, was Gary, uh, Indiana, right? Too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, back to Chicago. Yeah, prices, prices for... 
uh, San Francisco ranged from what was it, 60 to 600. You're talking about the neighborhood was, base price, right? Correct. Yeah, maybe it was 80. I think it was 80 to 600 UPEX per up squared. Right. And so let's just explain that really quick for anybody yep. who might have clicked on this link and is brand new to Upland. So the properties are based, uh, the mint price are, are, are based on a formula that is calculated by taking the up squares, which is the size. An up square is a three meter by three meter square. And it's the UP2 size label that you'll see on the property cards. So you take for, that. For you Americans, that's about 10 feet by 10 feet. Ah, yeah, there you go. Three meters, three meters, 10 feet by 10 feet. Um, you'll take that UP2 size and you will multiply it by the neighborhood uh, base, which the, the data isn't usually readily available, but you can ping the, the public Upland API and you can pull that data down. And I've been doing it pretty uh, religiously as the cities have released. You guys may have seen the spreadsheet that I put out and you'll take that base price and then multiply it additionally by any collection multiplier. If there is none, if it's not in a collection, just multiply it by one so it stays the same. Uh, same thing if it's a standard blue collection, just multiply it by one, it doesn't change, and then it increments from there, limiteds 1.5, exclusive 3, rare 11, etc. Um, the, the base prices, they're interesting to look at because when we talked about Fresno and Staten Island in the previous episode, we pointed out that the, the low on Fresno was 11, and the, the low on Staten Island was 55. And did you just say that San Francisco is 60 on the low? Uh, I know it was 80. I okay, yeah. 80. I was about to say, As wow, that's, yeah. Um, I don't remember what it was for Manhattan. Manhattan ranged from 100, surprisingly okay. low, 100 in Harlem. And it was up to like a thousand for Soho. Yeah, Soho it? was the Just top. It might have been like ten fifty, I think. Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. So when they release a three by multiplier, ooh, oh yeah, that was expensive. Right. Yeah, Soho by far would be the most expensive in the game. Um. Well, all right. So what does Wikipedia say? It's too big of an article this time. Well, I guess. There's there's a lot here and I didn't I didn't find a let me see let me doing it the same way I did with the reason I'm asking T Davis what uh, what he thinks collections could be is because he was adamant that Upland took their collections for Manhattan based off of the Wikipedia articles so I'm making fun of him now. But you leaving out the most important part that I was pretty oh, right like most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so it's a it's a great theory to run with. It's, <laughs> it's a humorous theory, but man, I hope that. Out. I mean, it was pretty clear to me that with neighborhoods, they definitely pulled neighborhoods from Wikipedia. Undoubtedly, there's no way that they got Soho, Upper East Side, Little Italy, and Tribeca out of a hat, and it just happened to right. be the first four neighborhoods mentioned on the Wikipedia article. That's not a yeah, coincidence. They probably didn't draw a name out of a hat, but like Ben says, they threw a dart at a map. Yeah, for the other ones, it sort of seemed like that. Right. So tell me what you feel like the... So what, what did you find? I haven't done my research yet. I'll probably just follow MG around the map when it releases. There you go. Good call. Yeah. So I have a little, uh, I've been to Chicago too. Uh, it was a one hour layover in O'Hare. <laughs> Does that count? <laughs> I mean, technically it's in city limits of Chicago, which, which is kind of humorous. If you look at a map, uh, a map of Chicago, they, they run, they run this little itty bitty stem out and then uh, bubbles up around O'Hare. So O'Hare technically is in Chicago, even though it's just like so far out. Gotcha. Uh, it's not as far out as JFK is from Manhattan, but it's, it's really out there on the edge. So, okay. My experience with Chicago is about as good as any other American. Um, but I, I've researched Chicago a little bit because when my family came over from Italy 
three or four generations ago. Uh, they had some stopover in Chicago for a while. So that has come up in my research. And so I've explored around a little bit because of that. It's, it's had some interest to me. Uh, we got three general types of collections. One is streets, one is neighborhoods, and one is something that's called venues, which are items that aren't connected by a street or neighborhood. So I'm going to go, I got a couple of streets in mind. One is Western Avenue. Okay. And why that, do you think that? That I know that might sound like a total buckus kind of, you know, Western Avenue. That doesn't make any sense. Um, Western Avenue has particular history along parts of it. I'm sure other avenues do as well, but this one is uh, slightly more personal to me because when my ancestors came over from Italy, there was a big um, uh, immigrant population. They, they stayed in a, a, a little house, a row house, I guess, on Western Avenue for several years before they came west. Um, but Western Avenue has some significance historically, not only with immigrant populations throughout the last couple centuries, but also it's, it's, I don't know how to explain it. It's sort of just like this idea in my head that I can't get out, but it's kind of a breaking point in Chicago, sort of between the West and the East side, even though the right, distinction yeah. is, is way inside Chicago, kind of the old and the new, as it were. So that's that's sort of a very ethereal idea of why I think Western Ave. Okay. Uh, Michigan Ave is another one, but that could be coupled with another collection I'll mention in a bit. I I really like Route 66. Right, yeah, I see that there. Tell me more yes. about that. You're right. So Route 66 was one of the first almost cross-continental highways. Granted, only went from Chicago to L.A., not all the way to New York, but there was fairly decent transportation network uh, between between the East Coast and the Midwest by the time Route 66 came into play. I wish I could remember when that was. It was early 1900s, I believe. The Lincoln Highway Project before that was the precursor to Route 66, uh, and, and the Lincoln Highway Project was a bid to try to create a road across the country which again, there was sort of transportation to Chicago and a little beyond, but by the time you got to Kansas uh, or uh, Missouri or Iowa, there was, there was no road to Los Angeles or the West Coast anywhere. Wow. And so there was a, a band of pioneers who drove cow trails and cross country trying to create, find, find a way to create a network of roads. You could take a rail across the country, but you couldn't drive across hmm. the country. So after the Lincoln Highway Project, uh, kind of pioneered things, then Route 66 was sort of the next step, and it followed a lot of that Lincoln Highway, but Route 66 was a route that was plowed from Chicago to L.A., and it's probably one of the most famous roads ever in U.S. history. It wow. starts on the banks of, oh, which one is this? I was confusing. It starts on the banks of Lake Michigan in Chicago, drives through Oh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, nine or ten states, and ends at the end of the Santa Monica Pier, just west of Los Angeles on the Pacific Ocean. So, I have a dream someday. I would love to go to Chicago or L.A., probably Chicago, rent a car and drive it on as much of old Route 66 as possible all the way to L.A. I'm sure I'm completely alone in that dream, <laughs> right? Nobody else has ever thought about doing that. But to do Route 66 in in Chicago would require two or three different roads to be in a collection. And I don't know if we've seen that they have the ability to do that yet. Uh, when we had Broadway in Manhattan, there were three different segments of it, but yeah. it's because they were treating the addresses differently. So they were all Broadway, but you could have 500 Broadway or you could have 500 East Broadway, or you could have 500 West Broadway. Okay. In order, in order to do the entirety of route 66 within Chicago. And if you got, you've got, historic us 66 so that's easy enough to do but you would also have to add ogden avenue and then you would also have to add west chicago avenue but huh. only from the point of ogden avenue east i believe that's a route maybe it was grand avenue a little further south but you would have to select segments of oh, those wow. roads 
in order to hit the Route 66. So I think if they do that, they'll simplify it to just the portion of historic US 66 that runs from where Ogden Avenue, the name Ogden Avenue ends at the 290 freeway and going southwest out of town uh, and call it at that. Yeah, I would think that would be the most likely route that they would go also. Right. And then potentially Lakeshore Drive as another one, maybe Lincoln Avenue. Um, honestly, I'm, I'm looking at a map and I'm, I'm doing like I do with most of the other cities. I'm looking at patterns instead of any like hardcore significance. Right. Uh, Milwaukee yeah. Avenue maybe is another one. Those are just some of the main thoroughfares coming out of Chicago. Streets. Very any good. Other ideas? Uh, I don't. I want to talk about neighborhoods next because okay. there are some really cool ones that have a very significant, uh, a lot of relevance in pop culture and right. just, Go you know, it. okay, well, first and foremost, you know, there's, there's Lincoln Park. Of course. Which, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that there's a band named after Lincoln Park. No, it's completely different. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> yeah. Chicago has a Lincoln Park. Yeah. And I've only ever seen a band called Lincoln Park. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm fairly certain. I mean, I could be wrong, and I'm sure that there's many Lincoln Parks, but I, I believe that I'm right on that. And uh, Southside is, mm -hmm. you know, if anybody watches Shameless, you'll know that the Southside is uh, the pride of that series. Okay, cool. You got any others for us? Uh, I got a few. Yeah, go for it. Uh, Oak Park is a separate city, but as with Fresno and Clovis, I think it would be so cool if they could bring that in. Oak Park is where Frank Lloyd Wright did a lot of work. He did a lot of design on houses there. And whether it was his houses as a venue collection or just all of Oak Park, Oak Park is a tiny city. It's like half a square mile. That's it. Uh, and there are a lot, uh, a lot of those kind of cities around Chicago, these tiny little cities. Uh, but bringing Oak Park in or Frank Lloyd Wright would be really cool. Uh, what else did I have here? Edison Park would be another one. That actually is a neighborhood inside Chicago uh, named for Thomas Edison. He had some influence and, and some history around Chicago. And then because we've got it elsewhere, Chinatown, why not? Right. And for the same reason that we've discussed in previous episodes, uh, you know, cross city. Exactly. Speaking of which, what, how, uh, is there a Broadway? Is there a Broadway. Is there mm -hmm. a fifth Ave? Uh, what did I just see? I think they call them, they do streets. Yeah. They've got numbered streets, one direction, but I don't think they have numbered Aves the other, unless I totally missed it. Right. I don't know. It's pretty dense downtown. And you know, the best part about this audience is that we now have, you know, errors and omissions on hand at all times. So when I say That's something right. and it's wrong, like Lincoln Park being from California, not Chicago, they can correct me. Immediately, which is great. <laughs> uh, we have a question is, are the ultra rares released in vanilla as well? And so, yeah, yes. should we talk about how collections get released? Yeah. Uh, let's, let's, let's cover that in a second. Yeah, we got yeah, yeah. venues. We still got venues to cover here. So, cool. um, you know, Manhattan, I thought, was a complete crapshoot. And talk about throwing a dart at a board. Um, right. Yeah, for to sure. Come up, to come up with those venue collections. Maybe one so, or two in, in Manhattan did seem obvious, right? You know, right. Times Square, Central Park. You know, those those were pretty obvious. I feel like even Diamond District wasn't that far-fetched since it was a pretty popular guess. Yeah, and it was Theater sold District out pretty made a lot of sense. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what I was disappointed in is that the, in Manhattan there were no bagel shops as a collection. Yeah. They... I just thought that would be pretty pretty iconic, but apparently not. But still, I think it would be pretty cool if in Chicago, if they gave us pizza joints. Well, so the problem, and I, I remember having this conversation with people with the Manhattan speculation. So restaurants yeah. are tough, man, is because 
not only not only do they move and go out of business, that there there aren't very many you know restaurants that have been in the same spot and yet are iconic at the same time. So you would you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot by naming a collection property today at this address and then they go out of business and it's i don't know i feel like that played a role i can give you an example umberto's the the you know in little italy it's yeah. moved I, I believe a few times oh brother and that would just kind of that just kind of screws things up you know um so i don't know if we'll get I, I guess I would have to look at the pizza joints in Chicago and how many are iconic enough and have been in the same spot for long enough. Sure. But, you know, with, with an asterisk, you can make anything happen. Because in Manhattan's last act, the description of the collection is to own three Broadway theaters as depicted on NewYorkTheaterGuide.com in 2020. <laughs> Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah. Or own own three properties home to leading media companies as curated by Upland. Right, yeah, yeah. And you know what? Uh the the Michelin restaurants were were ones that we were hunting right. down. Uh for That's anybody right. who doesn't know what what that is, um I, I want to make a joke like and say it's not the tire company Michelin, but it is in fact the tire company Michelin that does a uh, you know top rated restaurants in the entire I, I think in the world right yeah I believe so yeah, yeah global yeah uh, so you know I suppose that possibility could exist um, but I think there was enough pushback from those Manhattan collections that they may not try that again I hope not right honestly. I would agree with that and even so, even skyscrapers was. It was, well, you know, wildly subjective, and that was yeah, right. The first collection where the community got upset enough, where they actually went in and fixed the collection. You know, they they realized that um, the the definition was, I guess, what too broad, and and there were too many that were left out meeting the definition. Right. Um, so venues, I mean, other than that, I'm, I'm a little stuck. Maybe skyscrapers. Chicago has a lot of skyscrapers. Yeah, I would go with that. The Sears Tower, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. If you're an old timer, it's a Sears Tower. If you're new in town, you, you might know it as a Willis Tower, and then people will scorn you. <laughs> um, museums got totally missed in Manhattan, which I thought was... So, no, they, no, they, they, no, they didn't. They did, no? but they didn't. So that was the... Uh, so that the music hidden collection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they were hidden and not actually named a collection, but they are reserving the right to go back in time and pull them off the blockchain and say right. now we have. That's where the whole idea of the the multi city collections came from. It was the way they had described that. And there are, in fact, if you know how to create an EOS blockchain account and do the, it's, and this is all on their Medium articles, you can feel free to look it up. You'll be able to go okay. in and uh, decipher with the key provided in the Medium article right. and pull um, not only all of the, all 24 or 25 collections to see when they were, in fact, uh, posted in a transaction to the blockchain, but then you can also see the additional um, museum ones, which is pretty neat because since they aren't labeled, I feel like that's a pretty advantageous thing to know, you know, sure. which museums are the museums that <laughs> could potentially be an ultra rare multi-city collection. Right. So maybe that will be one of the hidden collections in Chicago. Yeah, I would think um, so. Another couple I'm looking at because Parkview was a new idea to me. Um, we're not just talking about uh, venue properties within a specific area, but ones that share a view of the park, of Central Park. Uh, okay. Okay. That's kind of a cool idea for a collection, um, you know, and, and not to copy that specifically, but again, I don't know, could you have like a Lakeshore or Lakeview collection? That might not be specific enough because there's a lot of shoreline 
in Chicago, but you know, maybe maybe there's a specific area that's that's got a view. Uh, see, this is me talking out of my derriere now because I don't know <laughs> much about Chicago. And and maybe my last one would be the Chicago Riverwalk, which is a small uh, area downtown. Uh, it's uh, one, two, three, four, maybe eight, an eight block area along. I should know what river this is, Chicago. No, what river is that? Whatever, the river that comes in off of the lake. Um, but again, uh, we've we've kind of hit the extent of my of my knowledge of Chicago. So anybody have any ideas, go ahead and and type them in the chat. You know, what you think one, collections will be. One other thing that I I across my mind is that mm-hmm. Chicago. So New York has a lot of sports teams, but they're not all in Manhattan. They're kind of right. all over the place, right? Uh, but not with Chicago. Chicago has a ton of sports teams that all I got. They don't all play in, in different arenas and stadiums. You know, the I, I believe the Bulls, the Chicago Bulls in basketball, and the Chicago Blackhawks in hockey. I believe they share a stadium, and uh, the baseball teams definitely play in different stadiums. And I believe the Chicago Bears. And football also play in another stadium, so that could, I don't know if that could would they end up as ultra ultra rares or yeah, yeah, just remain landmarks like all of the other sports venues. Because you if you've noticed, well, I, I guess we don't know that because I know Barclays in Brooklyn. I don't believe that's a landmark yet, if it is going to be one. But Oracle Arena in San Francisco is. And just be curious to see how uh, right. they, how they treat those. That's right. That was auctioned off as yeah. a landmark. Yeah. <clears throat> and you said the Bears, and that just brought me back to the SNL sketch. Oh yeah, the Bears. <laughs> so who do you think would win in a fight, Mike Ditka or the Bears? Oh, I don't know. Maybe Mike Ditka. What about Mike Ditka and the Bears bus? What about Mike Ditka and a hurricane? Oh, yeah, Mike Ditka. Ah, but the hurricane's name Mike <laughs> Ditka. Oh, that's a tough one. Good times, good times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. I don't think there's enough arenas to justify a collection unless they did Cross City. Yeah, potentially. Exactly. Well, um, what's the... That was that was Poison's s- comment. Yeah, what's the smallest amount of ultra rares? Isn't it six? It's six or seven. All right. Let me check. I've got it open here. Main Street, I think, in Brooklyn is six. Yeah. Yeah. Liquid emoji says Main Street. And I'm pretty sure that's correct. All right. I mean, so if you counted, like, uh, I'm, I'm looking at it here. It's in the Wikipedia article. There would be six, but you would have to kind of stretch a little bit and take uh, into account the WNBA and uh, soccer Chicago Fire, but then you would have six different ones. So yeah, you're probably yeah, right. Not? not that, and I, I guess you would want to, you would want to reserve that the same way that you reserved your other arenas, either as landmarks or just large parcels. And yeah, I would think so. Those uh, would be pretty big to be minting anyway. Right. I guess hold out hope that maybe one day uh, those teams will come calling for their property. There you go. Exactly. All right. What else? Does that kind of cover our speculation? Collection you know, I think so. It's now? going to, I guess this isn't going to be the only time that we, no. we talk about this. So yeah, that's going to, that's a good, you know, good start for us. We'll lay that little foundation yeah. there and yeah. add to so it the, later. <clears throat> the question was asked a few minutes ago, how does the vanilla release, vanilla release work with the ultra rares? So, this is the interesting thing about a vanilla release is that we're not going to know the collections. You just got to go start minting stuff. You either mint properties that you like or you guess. That's why we're speculating on collections. You're going to guess what these collections could be, and you're going to go mint properties. And what they started to do in Manhattan is they said that once a collection is completely minted out, we will release it as a collection, and you can start putting your properties in it. And that worked for a little while, but then they, did, they stopped doing that. And they release them at certain times. So 
sometimes you would have a collection fully minted out by the time it was actually released and other times it would be released as a collection but there were still properties left to mint uh, and those properties would become a bit more expensive at that point right and uh just to go back to what we said earlier about the formula used to calculate mint price so without without it there being a collection multiplier again it's just up2 size by by neighborhood base price and if you were to let's say it was a neighborhood collection like little italy was in mm -hmm. manhattan and it was completely minted out you know like well before any collections were revealed well then you don't get the opportunity if you so desire to maximize your your boosted earnings because you're only getting what the base, like, you know, the raw base price is, which right, it still isn't terrible. And there's no way in the world that at the time that I started minting a little Italy, would I have ever paid three times the price? Cause they were already expensive. I mean, I, I don't think there was anything under 20,000, Topics really that I bought. Yeah, there were some, but I just, I didn't, yeah. I, I remember like my, my purchases consistently being between like 15 and 20,000 upics and definitely that on average. And when you're, you know, trying to mint out an entire neighborhood, it's, you know, it, there's, so there's pros and cons to it. I really, yeah. I, you know, at first I was definitely not pleased with how they, you know, like coming to find out, like, what do you mean Soho properties are going to be marked up three times their price and you're going to have some random property on, you know, Grand Ave and Soho cost more than a property on Wall Street. Like, that doesn't make any sense. But right. now that I've gone, you know, a, a few months through this game, more than a few months, uh, I realized what the what the the initial intent was to give players the ability to mint these properties. I I don't think I think there's a lot of people that got a lot of Manhattan rare properties that they wouldn't have gotten other you know otherwise. Right. So that's pretty cool. Right. And yeah, when Soho was released as a collection, what did those properties go up to? Was it was that an eleven buy? That was a three X exclusive. That was a three by okay. So it was Houston Street then. Yeah. One of the few there were there were a few properties left on there and suddenly the amount went up by eleven times. Right. And Bleaker also and, and, and Bleaker, uh, yeah. Houston was the one I went on, tried to go big on. I was only able to get five with the little amount of epics that I held at the time. But I minted those for about twenty five thousand and if I would have had to wait until it became a property collection, um, I never would have made it. That would have been yeah. It would have been well over three hundred. Yeah, exactly. And so, so that, that's yeah, cool. that was a good opportunity for the lower players to get in. Yeah, not to mention the ultra rares that they're just you know, right. There's a there's only two times that people have minted ultra rares in all of Upland history, and it's been San Francisco and Manhattan, and Manhattan was in vanilla, so they didn't know when they were doing it. Right. And so that's pretty, you know, it's pretty neat that we're going to get that opportunity again. Yeah, for sure. I think I'm going to start researching Thomas Edison. Oh, yeah, there you go. Why not? Or Frank yeah. Lloyd Wright, like I mentioned earlier. All right, so okay. how are we going to get to Chicago? Well, hold on a sec. We had a question that we that we... Uh, put in the parking lot that I want to address really quick. Did we? How does a vanilla release work? Yeah, we did touch on that pretty much, right? You mint the properties. We don't know what the collections are going to be. You just mint them and it's released later. So good luck. Yep. Okay, we covered that. Uh, yeah, how are we going to get to Chicago, TD? Uh, the Chicago airport. Right? Midway? Uh, no. I'm guessing O'Hare. Yeah, I would think so. Also, they didn't tell us, did they? I'm not gonna lie. I didn't. I didn't do the. I didn't enter into the thing. 
Well, you still got time. Yeah, I done about half of them. I don't know. I feel like at this hours. point in my upland career, if I were to win it, it it wouldn't. Like I, I feel like it would be more of a negative than any possible positive. Like I want, you know, and I, I want to see new players win it. I, I don't, I honestly, I don't really want any veteran players winning it, but it, you know, I guess oh, just my opinion. Civic minded of you. <laughs> but you can win. Yeah. Everybody else. And this, I appreciate when they run the contests this way, where they throw some gamification in there and where they require you to do a few different things that are a heck of a lot harder to do. Well, you know, three places. It's, it's a lot harder to do if you're multi-accounting. Not impossible, but a lot harder. Uh, you got to fill out a Google form. You got to post in Discord and you got to do some stuff in game. So I see you highlighted the form there. You're going to drop it in our chat yeah. for our listeners right now. And then yep. uh, you can also find it on the Upland Servers announcements channel. They posted it. Well, it's like it's it's the second to the last post. It's not the current post, but the one just before right now. They give all these things, but uh, we will voice them. Actually, by the time this airs, uh, this will be over. Listeners, right now you have. Well, so no, hold on now. Hours. You don't you don't know that what? that's you don't know that since we're doing them live now. Yeah, I mean, I, I might as well go ahead and set that expectation because I doubt that I'm going to get this published. But I could theoretically get this published shortly after we end the show. Okay, that would be really cool. <laughs> uh, nonetheless, from this point where we're talking live, you have less than nine hours. No, I'm sorry, less than 11 hours to enter into the contest. So the link to the form is in announcement. T. Davis just posted it in the chat there. You click on that and you register. Um, then go to the Chicago Terminal channel under discussions in the Upland server and post one of uh, your favorite Chicago street foods. It'll probably be one of the five photos that everybody else is copying and pasting and throwing in there. <laughs> it's either going to be hot dogs or pizza or, or much, much little or pretzels. That's, that's about all I've seen scanning through there. Then uh, less than nine hours. Yeah, sorry, 11 hours. I, I missed that up the first time. Uh, then you have to complete 10 sends to properties not your own. Uh, rather, than just, <laughs> rather than just wasting, sorry, I'm reading comments at the same time. Rather than just wasting your sends willy-nilly, find a visitor. Uh, or somebody that is trying to get to Uplander status or uh, do a treasure hunt or go to uplandcomics.com and find the addresses you can go to to mine their NFTs. Uh, you can get Metaforce Comics NFTs and CryptoMonkey NFTs depending on where you send to. So don't just throw nice. those sends out into the ether. Yeah, use them. This is the one I almost forgot to do. This is another city using a train, plane, or bus. Yeah, I definitely... The nice thing is, did that first go ahead okay the nice thing is whatever city you're in uh the train is a really cheap option uh unless you're in staten island i guess then it's the bus but still you can you can do a 20 to 25 up extend that way right that's so my objective was to get back to san francisco and i was in staten island and i'm not gonna lie it's a pain man there's yeah. a, there's a lot going on there they take the bus to Brooklyn, take the train to Manhattan, take the then teleport to the airport, and then fly to San Francisco. So I'm mid-flight right now. We'll we'll see okay. what happens here in 45 minutes. Got it. And the last one is to purchase a property. Obviously, you can't uh, mint this because first of all, it doesn't say mint, but second of all, there's nothing to mint unless you're an <laughs> FSA player. So purchase a property on the open market. I did a quick check to see if I had any collections that weren't quite complete and if there was anything for reasonable price, but I'll be honest, I'm hoarding all my epics for Chicago and or Bakersfield. So I just scrolled out so that I could see all of Manhattan, Staten Island, and Brooklyn in my window. And then I hit that little uh, marketplace button and I looked for the cheapest property. Yeah, and that's what I just did it myself. Yeah, someone was selling a property in Brooklyn for forty nine ninety nine upex. So I'm like, whatever. 
buy done, I know I can resell it for the same price or more at some point. I just bought the cheapest property for Upix in Brooklyn for 5400 off some guy named Karamazov. Never heard of him. Yeah. Me neither. <laughs> is he still? He is. He's still listening in. Oh, sorry, Karamazov. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So I mentioned that I was heading back to San Francisco. and Yeah, why? It's for a reason. Um, because reasons. Yeah. So back in, I think it was December, maybe November. It was a while ago. Um, too Stupid to Win owned all of the properties on a particular street except one. And he would check this property to see if the visitor who owned it let his visa lapse. And when that happens, if you don't renew your visa with seven days, the properties go back into the wild. They get released as unminted. So he was waiting on that. And he was waiting on that for about, I don't know, I think it was like six or seven months that he finally realized. So he he was checking it regularly, and then he finally dug into the data to find out how long this player had been renewing his visa. And it was mm-hmm. like six or seven months, something crazy like that. And so we they had done a, uh, a drive to push this player to Uplander to reward their you know, tenacity and, and dedication of renewing their, their visa every seven days for six months. And then the strangest thing happened. Um, they got all of these visits. They got all of, all of this upix. It was a ridiculous amount, like 20,000 or something crazy. And they let, they let, they let their visa lapse. It was, uh, yeah, he quit. <laughs> they're asking that <laughs> hilarious absolutely hilarious. uh there yeah there were there were quite a few memes about it uh yeah i mean my, mine was you know that it was the michael d was the the player's name and uh there there was conspiracy theories there were um guesses as to what why that that might have happened um it, it was all pretty funny but yeah um, they pushed him pretty far, and I feel like the great start challenge that might, and I feel like we can we can timestamp this by look to see when the first great start challenge was because I believe Michael D was the first great start challenge winner. Um, yeah. yeah, posthumously, right? <laughs> so we have another player and. Uh, Shiv, AK Nitrous789, found a player with a single property they minted back in, in July of 2020. And it has same been. Kind of story. Yeah, same story. He's been logging in every day to collect their divs and renew their visa. And we want to go ahead and push that same initiative. Uh, the player's name is. Is Ice Machine. So listen, Ice Machine. Good luck spelling that. Yeah. If if you're out there, please reach out to to B Dag or T Davis in the Upland Discord and uh and just just say hi. We'd love to talk to you. Um it's the name is spelled with a combination of numbers. letters and numbers. So it's like lead speak. Yeah, the the I is, is a one, the E is a three. Well, one C three M four C H one and three. It sounds like a really long uh chemical right. equation. So do we and okay, we do have the address. So the address yeah. is two oh nine Hazelwood Ave. That's where I'm headed right now as soon as I get off the plane. So if you're in San Francisco and you would like to help out Ice Machine, go ahead and and especially if you haven't used done your 10 cents yet, I know where I'm sending mine. Uh, head on over to 209 Hazelwood Ave and let's push Ice Machine to Uplander and hope he doesn't quit <laughs> in the next six days again. I don't know if he does. I don't think I can handle another one of these initiatives. Right, yeah. Uh, oh, that would be terrible. 
Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, cool. Seeing support in our chat right now already. 209 Hazelwood Ave. Yeah, man. It's it's in one of the tiniest neighborhoods, the Westwood Highlands. You'll find it. Yep. If it's 1C3M4CH1N3, you know you're in the right place. All right. Have you talked sales yet? Should I have not. Let's move on to sales. So as predicted... We had some, we had some weird stuff that was going on, and I think it will continue to because just the, the the scale that we're at in Upland and the inability to keep non FSA properties on, on the shelves there, right? You know, if if they put them out there unminted, they're going to get minted as pretty much as fast as they can go, which, which sort of scares me. But I feel a little bit better now hearing you tell everybody how many properties there are in Chicago. And then on top of yeah. that, knowing that Cleveland is, is right next to it because I, I would really hate to see those two end up like Oakland and Staten Island and Brooklyn all have fell victim to there being no non FSA properties available. Um, because they released Staten Island, which was a starter city, it only had 25% non-FSA. So I'm not really surprised that that one sold out a little bit as fast as it did. I, I heard stories that it was it, it was gone in, what, like 30 minutes, maybe? maybe there honestly weren't a ton of properties non-FSA. So, yeah, it went out. It went quick. A couple hours. Tops are gone. Boom. Right. Uh, prior to that, so when we first ran the numbers, the Staten Island released, and it was just non-collection, and I guess a, a bit of a mix. So we were seeing some really, we saw that false scarcity. Scarcity. So we saw high, a high mode. We saw a high median and a pretty high average. And we're looking at the last week numbers. Lots of lots of things had dropped, but what didn't was the average, and that's because the collections were released. And anytime you get collection properties, you get astronomical upix prices. There was five thousand and four sales over the last seven days, with an average. Let's ask the audience. What do you guys think the average was? Let me tell you what it was the last week. Last week it was right around eleven thousand upix. So go ahead and ping your guess into the into the chat there. We got Hung Phantom with fourteen K. Yeah, that's Satoshi not Satoshi with seventeen K. Crypto Jedi with thirteen K. So I guess I can probably call it because Satoshi is about as close as you can get to it. That one uh, guy said fourteen four. Yeah, sixteen thousand one hundred and ninety seven upics. Yeah, all their ballpark there. Yeah, definitely ballpark. So up 5,000 upics on the average, um, which I, which again was due in part to the fact that all of the collections got released, it, you know, including the rares and all of the really pricey ones. Uh, our median dropped, on the other hand. Our median dropped down to about 6,800. It was 7,500 last week and is down to 6,800, so about a 700 upics drop off and our mode which again is the number that appears most often in a data set uh the reason why this is important for the audience and you know fsa sellers it's because it's the number where the floor of that city was likely at uh, at or around and i think we just kind of saw that with the property that i just mentioned that i purchased for 5400 that was the you know the current floor the the lowest price in uh, in that area, and so we're look we're seeing about that same thing with a five thousand upix mode um, down from six thousand the previous week, and I, my prediction is that this is going to drop again to uh, not not significantly. I don't think it'll drop by another thousand upix, but I think we'll see something like. 48 or 49,000 the next week when we run these wow. numbers. And that's just a guess. I, I just, I have a feeling that 
over the course of the next week, depending on what news is on when Chicago releases, you might see people start to get a little more aggressive in their, you know, in their listings to try to get liquid for the, right. for the city opening. Uh, top five sales. So atop the list, number one, 600 and 650,000 opics for 2205 Richmond Road from 80. So E-I-T-Y was the seller. It was a Todd Hill. How do you, how do you pronounce that? Todd Hill? Todd, Todd, yeah. It's Dutch. Yeah. Todd Todd Hill. uh, Bidge Base. That's a tough Bidge Base, which almost looks again like a Dutch name. Yeah, Beach Base bought it off 80 for 650,000 upics. Uh, Todd Hill, the number you two know, sale was Boy, five. Boy Bay, Boy Bay. Sorry, I'm still rolling that around in my head. Hang on a second. <laughs> this Richmond Road here, was this a mistake? Somebody thought it was Richmond Terrace. Was this a bait and switch? Oh, that's a good question. But it, it is a collection that. property. Uh, yeah, Todd Hill, but it's not that great of a collection. No, that is an odd price, right? 650 really high is it a fat property that because remember last week we're going through these and all the numbers were huge but then we realized all the properties were huge too right we saw that again this week i'll get into that in just a bit but i didn't okay so so this is this is the new dorp moravian church so it's it's a big property it's it's the whole grounds of 2500 up square gotcha so okay that's that's legit enough yeah it is 2500 up squares Okay, cool. I'll start looking these up as you're calling them. Gotcha. All right. Uh, the second was 500,000 Upix Electron, again, spelt with numbers, uh, bought 41 Armstrong Ave off of Bogdansky, which it is a great kills collection property. That's the blue one. Todd Hill is the purple. Great kills is the blue standard. Five hundred thousand. This is only a seventy-four up square property. It's small. Yeah. So shout out to Bogdansky for getting a killer markup. What's the the mint price on that? Can you see? Yeah. Yeah. Give me a sec. I could pull it. Uh, Mint price was like four k. Oh wow. Four point four k. Five hundred k off of a four k mint. My goodness. Could have been a burner prop for a swap. Yeah. Possibly. That's an incredible markup. Right. All right, moving along. Uh, third, we had Boogeyman bought 4771 Highland Boulevard for 450,000 upics off uh, Enry 4308. And if I'm not mistaken, that is our community member friend, I believe. I don't know how to pronounce the name actually from discord but i feel like we all know who that is and so that's a killer sale um also for a non-collection enormous sized property right 1260 up squares uh but non-collection and brett gerber makes the list again he was there last week was he i I think you're right yeah 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 Making sales. Yeah, a, uh, a combo collection property, St. Paul's Ave, which is a rare, and uh, Stapleton, which is a purple, limited. Uh, the address was, uh, can you move your cursor? What is that, what? 387 St. Paul's? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. 387 St. Paul's Ave. Uh, Dylan Dick 12 was the buyer. 450,000 upics. In fact, the bottom three were all 450,000 upics. Uh, the last one was LH337 bought 2876 Arthur Kill Road. So you, you recognize that buyer's name, right? LH337 is an OG. Oh, yeah. He's been around for him. a while. And I was or, definitely, I don't know if surprised was the word, but. I just I hadn't seen that name in, in a while, but there's a name I've not heard in a long, long time. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, this player has like, you know, lots of established 2019 San Fran properties and, you know, some very hard to get uh, rare and exclusive San Francisco collections because they were, they've been around for a while. And so seeing them buy a 3,900 up square non-collection property in Staten Island for 450,000, I was, you know, just, it just jumped out of the paper at me. Yeah, yeah, sure, why not? I couldn't figure out what it was either. I mean, I looked at the property, but didn't look like anything special. I think I even Googled it also, and it might have been like a medical plaza or something. So, yeah. Uh, likely it's just biggest one of the biggest properties they could find so they could get some uh, Staten Island or divs. Rolling. Yeah. And, well, all right, man, we are approaching about an hour and five minutes right now so we probably ought to get wrapped up here before we go uh i'd like to reach out to the audience and ask them if they have any pressing questions that they would like us to address on the podcast before we let them go and uh bdag do you have anything for our audience and our listeners uh, go Mike Ditka. Yeah, go uh, Ice Machine. Don't don't forget to get your entry in for the airplane, for the train terminal. Not the train terminal, plane terminal, right? That's what we're looking at. Yeah, Chicago. Yeah. Got to go to O'Hare to see the Bears. All right. Well, it, on nothing. that All note, right. we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Thank you for listening. All right. Thanks, y'all. It's the Opix Podcast, baby. Glad you tuned in. Got your host, thank me later, and you're stupid to win. Might become an obsession as soon as you begin. Start out king of the street, then lock it iconic in. Welcome to Offland. Grab your Opix, man. On your way in the door, hit you with four grand. Get to buying and gripping, then to selling and flipping. Over to moving and shocking, I'm Scrooge McDuckin' in Opix.